Good morning, George. What's going on on the morning brew? Today? On the morning brew today. Yo, we're busy today. We're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about Biggie, Deadpool, Witcher, uh, Marvel, DC, crossover maybe. I don't know. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the topic of the day, which is an op the opening passage of a, of a book or a story. How, how important is it? <laughs> we're talking about it. Get your coffee. Let's get it. better way to start your day than with a cup of joe and an episode of catch the craze what's up everybody <laughs> what's going on buenos dias mi gente what's happening everyone welcome to the morning brew with the crazy crew yo bro that, that looks like the opening of a sitcom you know what yes. i mean like <laughs> yes. thing looks like the opening of a sitcom it's freaking awesome awesome thank you guys for joining us once again this morning uh thursday morning and we are going to be talking about a few things today but if you haven't done so yet Please subscribe to the channel. Make sure you do that. Hit the like button if you're watching us uh, right now. You know, comment in the chat. Comment below if you have not, not watching us live and it's coming up later. And then just make sure you hit the the uh, the bell so you know when we go live because that's also important. But yeah, we're trying to grow the channel, man. We we're, we're on a mission. We're on a mission. We we yes. we, we slowed down a little bit, uh, but we're trying to get to a G. We're trying to yes. get to a G. We're trying to get mission. to a G. That's the dream. That's the dream. Now, what? Okay, so what happens at a thousand? At a thousand, you're able to start monetizing, but you need a thousand views per episode to make three dollars. Right? So, if a, you need a thousand views minimum to start earning three dollars per every thousand views. That's right. right? And that's just for views. Then, if you have click through, then you get, you know, and it, it, it compounds itself. And I don't know what the click through one is. And I guess that's with ads and all that other stuff. Right. Um, right. But yeah, for the minimum, you know, getting to a thousand means nothing if you don't have a thousand views per episode. Yeah, yeah. Lifting no. the curtain up a little bit for those of you who yeah. aren't familiar with this this world of uh, YouTube, which I think a lot of people are nowadays because a lot of people have YouTube channels, a lot of people have podcasts and stuff like that. But yeah, monetizing it is is is, is what everybody's trying to do. But I think, be, and and maybe it's like part of like everything else, right? Because there are so many, um, they make it a little tougher for it to be monetized. I guess in a way, you you know what yeah. I'm saying. The, the more people that are in in the uh in the arena the, the harder it gets but um but yeah so we're trying to get to a thousand once we get to a thousand we'll be able to do other other cool stuff it's like uh cheaper cheaper chats uh there's super super, super chat. chats yeah. <laughs> super chats and stuff like that so and we yeah. have a few things we have a few things that even we, we've been talking uh, with sam about for for our fans fans of the show and stuff like that for next year uh be on the lookout for uh for episode 500 which will yeah. probably be around next early next year january maybe the way yeah. the way we're rolling uh, rolling along we're about 20 episodes away from 500 500 is going to be a big episode um and so we're going to have some some announcements and things of like that for the channel and for again fans of the channel for for you guys who have been you know supporting us all this time and thank you to all the regulars who show up that's amazing yes thank you uh, tremendously um yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's it's a it's I don't know what the weather is out there where you are, but over here it's cloudy. 
hot. It's cloudy and it looks like it's going to rain today. Yeah, um, nah, it's yeah. beautiful, man. We've been getting a lot of rain out here lately. Um, That's good. Yeah, so, um, no, it's cool. I, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm still waiting for Kickstarter to, uh, sh- you know, give me the, the loot. But, you know, I want to show I want to show everybody the uh, stickers. The stickers that came in, the new monster stickers. Look how nice. That's right, bro. These are big stickers, bro. Like, <laughs> big I, I'm boys. not playing. Look at this one. Look at this. Herman, astronaut Herman. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the bandit um, right here. Look at that. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, these stickers came in. Um, pretty dope. Um and uh, so yeah, I've just been working on on the sketch, the sketch, um, the original art on the people who um, got that, and um, getting everything ready. So uh, I thought I was going to get an alert from them. I haven't gotten an alert yet. So as soon as I get the funds, I start working getting this stuff out to you. My goal is to have it to you before Thanksgiving. Um, so this way, you guys can just enjoy the rest of the holidays. And if anybody who wanted books and missed the campaign, you can get the books on DutiesWorld.com. Yeah, go to the website. So definitely go to DutiesWorld.com. That's D-O-O-D-I-E-S yes. World.com. Word. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Check that out for sure. For sure. There's a lot of stuff sure. on there. Yeah, make sure you head over. Get over to GetYourMeds.com as well. I'll, I have uh, my books are on there. My T-shirts are on there. whole bunch of stuff. I'm trying to expand the site a little bit more, um, do more things with it. So I'll be working on that coming up in the next few months and stuff like that. Um yeah, so a, a lot of things going on, man. What's up? A lot of going on. No, I was looking at the name of the artist that is working on that did the cover or it did the art and cover by oh did the whole book for Deadpool number one variant edition, um, which Marvel's releasing with uh, Biggie Smalls. And the artist's name is Martin Cocolo. Martin Gocolo? Cocolo, yeah, Cocolo. Is it? It could be Cocolo, but you know, if you if you use your Spanish accent, it's Cocolo. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, so here here it is. Um, uh, where is that share screen? Oh, I gotta share that screen. Let's let's go into it. Yeah, let's go into it. Bang. So there it is. There's the cover. Um. Uh. So apparently, it's interesting. Um. Um. I I wonder what the relevance is. Uh, are they trying to attract new um, readers and eyes to their books? I mean, Deadpool is definitely um, a character that uh, is easily easily um, identifiable in um, uh, in the local communities. And I was wondering why the relevance is it his birthday? I don't know. So it says it says a new extremely limited edition Deadpool number one variant cover by Ken Lashley features Notorious B.I.G. first appearance on Marvel cover. Move over Wade Wilson, it's hip hop legend Christopher Victoria's B.I.G. Wallace world and the Merc with a mouth is just living in it on a special limited edition cover. Um, Deadpool sits upon the golden throne wearing an iconic stand. The variant cover, which features the rapper's first ever appearance on a Marvel cover, is available. Uh, oh, it's just started as Biggie and hip hop turn 50 years. There it is. I was wondering what's the significance, and there it is. Um, to, and so we at hustle um we're absolutely thrilled to work with the team at marvel to create this variant um as our way of paying tribute oh there you go so i was wondering what what it was it's like you know there has to be some sort of significance i didn't know so i mean that cover is fuego that cover is fire i know what big said biggie so biggie's turning 50 so that's why it's yeah so he turned 50 and hip-hop is turned 50 so simultaneous he does not appear in the story so it doesn't also although notorious B does not appear in the story, Wonging Kokolo's new Deadpool series 
um, sends Wade right into the thick of action as he attempts to join um, the Adelier and elite group of assassins. It's, all right, so he's not in the story. I would have been. It would have been nice to have like he's on a cover, but also maybe maybe in a crowd scene, you know, where there's some action going on, like they do with Stan Lee. That would have yeah. been dope. You know, they could have yeah. put him in. I wonder. I wonder who. Um, I mean, yeah. I wonder who gets money for the like for using the likeness of Biggie on a cover like this. I'm th uh, it's I. I think the mother probably gets residuals. Maybe or or his kids. Maybe or I don't kids, know. I don't yeah. know who owns his estate. Uh, but that's, yeah, because that's pretty big, man. Uh, and that's a. a I a mean, cover. that's a great great illustration. I mean, I love. I mean, everything about it. I love the carpet. Whatever that ground that that looks dope. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's like that's like uh, an ode to the to the Gucci sweaters. Oh no, that was the Gucci sweaters. Yeah, the, 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 was it? It was that yeah, Gucci sweaters, right? Yeah, the Gucci sweaters. No, Gucci, yeah, That's what it was. Gucci sweaters. Gucci, yeah, the so Gucci sweaters. It was so ugly, but yo, yeah, yo, that was the number one thing that was stolen at at Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, really? Yes. Yeah, so when, when I was security there, bro, they used to come in, and we have yeah. one guy come in, right? Let me, let, me, let me move this over. We have one guy come in. I was a security. He comes in. He's weighs like Jonathan. He's probably a buck twenty, right? Buck ten, buck twenty. Skinny dude. He goes into our stock room. We're watching him. He goes into our stock room. He comes out. He looks like Biggie Smalls, right? So I was like, "Yo, man, he gained eighty pounds." I said, "How quick?" We, we pick him up. He had. 16 Kuji sweaters on underneath pom 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 and they were they were uh over, they were like a couple hundred dollars at the, our store yeah 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 that, that that's the sweater he used to wear all the time so that, that's nice that's nice that he added that on the on the ground around him he's not yeah. wearing it in the in the actual thing but he's actually uh he, yeah, it's it's there fly. that's cool that's kind of cool yeah that's kind of cool yeah that's good man so he's not in the he's not in the story but he's on the cover so if you're a hip hop fan, if you were a hip hop fan of the nineties, just to have that cover, you know what I mean? It, it's a, it's a nice little thing to have, especially yeah. when I can't believe hip hop's fifty years old, bro. They said it wouldn't last. Yo, yo, that's crazy. I remember I was going to, um, I think I was in PS fifty five in Richmond Hill, Queens, when Crush Groove came out, and we went to the movie theater to see Crush Groove. And I came back home. We put, we got out the boom box. We grabbed the cardboard box. We put it on the floor and we started battling each other, break dancing. We're like, bang, tick, tick, tick. I love Crush Groove. Yo. And then we used to have block parties. LL Cool J in his infancy stage when he was just coming up, used to rap at the block parties. Um, nice. It was crazy stuff back in those days. You know, so, you know, it, I got to meet the dynamic breakers that you know rock steady crew all this stuff whatever you know growing up in the neighborhoods i grew up in um those are the fun times when dancing was the mode to uh release your aggression you know what i'm saying it was like yo we're gonna take you down at the fun house tonight you know whatever and uh, it's, <laughs> that was the, the good times good times yeah now uh what you call it for for, for a young audience out there what's crush group sam Crush grooving body moving crush groove is the first hip-hop uh, movie um, that featured the breakout of um, Russell Simmons and 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 um, um, what was his name? His his record label. Um, uh, it was Def, not not Def Jam. Um, yeah, Jeff Jam. 
Is was it Def Jam? Is it Def yeah, Jam? Def Jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Def Jam. Yeah, Def Jam. Yeah, so Russell, Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons, um, and where they launched the the careers of Run DMC, Curtis Blow, Sheila E, the Fat Boys, LL Cool J. I mean, it was it was Crush Groove. It is no other story. Uh, no, the hip hop story was as fun and exciting as that because that was the beginning of the birth of a movement of a culture, and that, that just yeah. like, took off. And it wasn't until until Eminem came out with Eight Mile that there was something that was like got you even excited. You know, Eight Mile took it to a whole new level with you know the the battle rap and all this other stuff and the plight of a young artist in 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 a culture that's dominated by by. Um, a black community and he's a white boy trying to break in and all this stuff and he had that Rocky story. You know, Crush Groove was all regular guys and girls with a dream just to do what they love and and it was just beautiful and I love the ending when they all performed together the song Crush Groove. Oh, man. man I love yeah, it no. when, when Run DMC got on stage and they, they were like, nah, we're taking over. It's like, whose house runs out? Yo, it was like, What? Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I've never seen it, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'll have to check it out. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. You never seen it, yo, man. Horrible, bro. Bro, I'm not that old, bro. You're old. You are than old. Me. You you're are older old. than me. You're, you're talking about. Uh, I wasn't Please. even speaking in high school when I went to see this at the movies. You're an old man, bro. No, when no, did no. that when did that movie come out? Seventy two. I don't know. Stop acting up. <laughs> Stop acting up. I wasn't seventy two. <laughs> 72. No, so I think I think it's we need so somebody easy. to kick your rear. Speaking of kicking your rear. So, hey, Krista, my girl. Oh God, that's amazing. <laughs> there you go, just in time. What up, Chris? Set it oh. straight. Set the record straight. That's right. Nice. <laughs> Sound levels hit 90 decibels. Around 30 minutes at this level can cause temporary hearing loss. Interesting. <laughs> oh shit. That's, that's your problem. Repeating long-term yeah, exposure. You didn't hear me when I was whispering sweet nothings into your ear today. Repeated long-term <laughs> exposure can lead to permanent damage. Consider using hearing protection or moving to a quieter area. You're being loud, Sam, is what my phone is telling me. My watch <laughs> is telling me you're being very loud. That Yo, that's weird, bro. This thing just sent me an alert that the decibels were too high right now. You can yeah, go you're not, gonna, you're not gonna see me wearing that watch. That's crazy, son. That is crazy. Yeah, that was the bomb. I mean, um, it was um breaking breaking was like you know when you know i've been when i was a kid i was i've been break dancing um man since i was in the fourth grade no yeah fourth third third fourth grade and See, i old old and i, and old. I stopped we're talking, around, we're, talking, we're talking 80s bro and i stopped Four years around, old seven, the 80s seven, Do eight, 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 but um <laughs> So we know, you know, when you see what you're doing in the streets and you see them make a movie about it, see, I'm ignoring this mother, right? <laughs> and they make a movie about it. That's what's awesome. cracking me up. That's what's cracking me up. You just, you just keep going. Uh, because George wanted to dodge my comment. I see you, Medina. What comment? I can't even see the comments. John, Sam's not showing me the comments. I did show it. You just ignored it. <laughs> Sounds like how far George goes to dodge his poor friend's collab request. Oh, man. Nah, dude, yeah, no, no, I mean, listen, hip-hop's been around for, for a hot minute, man, 50 freaking years of hip-hop, you know, and it started out, like you said, started out like that, you know, breakdancing in the streets, you know, cardboard boxes, and um, there's a really cool uh, documentary series, on. I don't know if it's still up on Net on Netflix, The History of Hip-Hop, mm -hmm. um, it's pretty cool, man, they go deep into, like, everything, 
um, about yeah. hip hop. So you guys should check that out if you're interested in that. Um, hip hop today, however, I don't know that I can roll with. Yeah, hip hop today it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard. You know? Yeah, a lot of it's a violence, and I'm just not digging it. And no, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not we're not. I'm not gonna play the innocent. Uh, my era of hip hop in the '90s was also violent. Shoot, we we lost Biggie and Tupac to the violence in hip hop. So I'm not gonna say that it wasn't violent in my era. I'm not gonna say that. But I I just from the music standpoint, I'm talking about musically, I can't rock with it, man. Like I, I I'm a lyrics guy. I love lyrics. I like listening to lyrics and stuff like that. When I can't understand what you're saying in your song, bro, like I'm not. I'm not. I can't. Just sucks. Like it is. Morning, lads. Yes. Yeah. No. I, it, I, there's no story. Um. You know what I enjoyed about. I think what I enjoyed about hip hop growing up. You. You know, it was it. It was entertaining. It was party music. You know, it was. You know, if you went to a um a, a block party, they were playing. You know, you go to the clubs. It was party music. It was dance music. Um. It was fun. It was entertaining. You know, it's the Sugar Hill Gang. You had you know Roxanne Shantae. You know, you had all these. You know, and then it just evolved, and it just got more and more dark and angry. It became angry music, and and, and it's crazy. It's like they're making more money than they ever have, right? If you're if you're in if you're an artist, you're making more money, and you have the potential to make more money than any of your predecessors and the founding fathers, but you're angrier. So that I don't understand. You know, I was like, yo, just make your money, have fun, and live your life. What what at what point did you feel like it was getting too dark for you? Like what when? I think um, I think during the death row movement it got dark. Um, um, you know, that was the early nineties. Yeah, that was the early. Yeah, 90s. That's, I think that was the shift. I think that's when it started shifting. Um, you know, because you had when, and then when you just, the West Coast, when the West Coast came into the picture. Yeah, and I think um, then you had, um, you know, you had the loss of Biggie and Tupac, and then I think it tapered for a little bit, um, at least on the surface, uh, uh, in the mix, things were happening behind the scenes. But um, I just think it just got um, it just got it got to a place where it's like, how many songs today are you willing to play in your car when you're driving? You know. Uh, yeah, I, you know that's what it is relatability. I, I and the sad thing is, I think that a lot of kids do relate to it today, because it's the world they yeah, live in. Because it's the that, world they live in today. Yes, exactly. So they do relate to it. You know, we don't relate to it anymore because we left that behind, right? We don't want that any of that stuff. Like I remember. I remember, I remember loving um, a lot of the 90s hip-hop. I, I loved a lot of the 90s hip-hop. Biggie, Tupac, you know, all that stuff. Like, Cypress Hill, <laughs> you know, like, how could I just kill a man? And that's what I was saying about... But I was like, oh, that's dope. I'm scared oh, of well, you see, that's the funny thing because I didn't understand a word they were saying. But Bone Thugs and Harmony, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah, yeah. So like, so there, so there was that quote unquote darkness to the hip hop of that era too. I mean, listen, man, what's his name? Snoop and them boys were singing about you know, you know, I don't even want to say the word, but B's and H's. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's very early in the morning, so I don't want to curse. But so they were singing about that kind of stuff. Burgers so and it was. So, so yeah, burgers and hot dogs. So, yeah. So, but again, that's what I was listening to at the time. Right. right. Same thing with kids today. They can defend it the same way. They're listening to stuff that they is, is you know, they can relate to today. Me personally. And that's why I say me personally, I can't. So I can't mess with today's hip hop because I can't relate to it. Yeah. You know, and it sucks. Look at what just happened with these kids. Right. The Migos. I went to. Okay. So I went to a, a Drake concert. 
Okay, I went to a Drake concert and the Migos opened up the concert. And you should have seen the amount of kids that were singing along to that music. And I'm like, how do you even understand what the hell they're saying? Right. And I bring them up, obviously, because of what we're talking about, the violence, right? One of the one of those rappers just got killed like a couple of days ago uh, for being at the wrong place, you know, where he shouldn't even be there. But whatever. Here they are. And that's the kind of stuff that's happening now in hip hop that ah, I'm too old for it now. I'm too old for it. I yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like, for me, it's like, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll listen to the classics. Um, Bruh, I still love it. I still love it. Yeah, I just, yeah, like you said, I listen to the classics. And, and yeah. okay, I think that there are some young cats out there that are that are doing hip hop. Like J. Cole. I can listen to J. Cole's music, some of it. You know, Kendrick Lamar. I can listen to some of that stuff. Oh, I so, still I still you know listen I mean? to, um, oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Um, Buster Rhymes. Oh, he's still dropping no, stuff. No, no, but, but, but I'm talking about the new guys that are out now. Like, Buster, Buster was one when we were listening to that stuff, and he's still relevant. Ain't no way whap applies to our youth, George. If it does, we are doomed. Yeah, well, well I'm not a big fan of Cardi B, personally. I, I'm not, you know? But at the same time, I like Little Kim. I liked, you know what I mean, when she was coming up, and she was singing some outlandish stuff too so that's what i'm saying it, it's it's see i was yeah, I, I, I was I, I like like missy elliott and the black like mc light you like mc light oh mc light was legit yeah latifah empty light i mean but you know i, I mean to him queen yes but uh the brat i was i was digging her stuff um you know um you know it, it there's there's a lot of <sighs> I can put on the classics and still bop to it. You know, today is just like when I, you know, I don't even listen. Yo, I used to be a big listener of like Hot 97 and all this. I stopped listening to it because it was just music I just can't relate to. And it was like, yo, I can't anymore. You know, it's not, it, it's not fun for me. And, and it's like, it, everything is about, you know, the beef that they have with somebody and, you know, and they're going to reconcile and, you know, and all that stuff, whatever. And then, so it's like, and 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 I feel sorry for the uh, predecessors because the OGs they're trying to they're trying to reach out to today because they have so much potential to make so ben much money. Beethoven, wow! Right? Uh, they have so much money to uh, you know opportunity to make so much money and have a better life for themselves and their families. So the OGs are trying to come out and try to tell them, "Yo, leave the streets where it is." And um, but unfortunately, um, I think street credit is the most important thing for a lot of young artists. And so they fall into that trap. And uh, so they go places with, with, without security and they move. You know, when you're wearing 200, 300,000, a million dollar change on your neck, you know, you're a target. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Get out of there, dude. Get out of there. There's no reason to be. There's no reason to be there anymore, bro. Like, stop. That's that's crazy. And, that, and, and that's been the mentality of a lot of it, it happens in sports, too. I mean, I remember. I was a huge fan of Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson could not leave the thug life alone. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was thugged out all the time. Yeah. And, and there's a certain, I guess, respect they get from like, you know, being that way or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, don't you want to own a team or own a business or, you know, just live a, a peaceful life? Yeah, and, and I don't Kwame. think you can. You know, Kwame with the polka dots? Kwame. Yeah, of course. Man. Oh, that was, that was, that's going back, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, special yeah, Ed. My name is Special Ed, and I'm a super duper star. You know, you know who had who had a, 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 a like a rebirth was uh, D Nice. My name is. Uh, uh, yeah. See what he was doing like during the pandemic. Because you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. But, no, right. But during the the pandemic, 
he became DJ D nice and he just had a moment, bro. Like he was, you know, he was just playing music for everybody while they were in, you know, in quarantine. And he just, he just made a lot of money doing that. And he started hosting events and stuff like that. So D nice was one of those old school rappers. My name is the nice and I'm a super duper star. I mean, I special ed, but D nice <laughs> was, was my name. Oh yeah. My name is D nice. D nice. Yeah. 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 Taking that. You're suckers. Cause you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. That dude. Yeah, man. Um, special ed was awesome too, bro. Special ed. Special ed was like special ed. Yeah. Special I mean, I'm your idol, your highest title, numero uno. uno. I'm not Puerto Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah, he was you know, the man. What? Yeah, he was the man. He was the man. He was the man. But yeah, no, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to go pick up that cover. I'm gonna have to yes. swim by my uh, LCS and pick up that Deadpool number one with Biggie. Yeah. So on a Just positive though, on a, on a more positive note, another comic book um, store rises from the ashes. Longford, Long, Langford comic book store rises. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Reopens the Goldstream Avenue location more than two years after it uh, uh, burned down. Um, so yeah, two years and 24 days after building was the building was gutted by fire. Curious comics has returned to 844 Goldstream Avenue. The store has been run in Langford since 2010. It was forced to shut down after a fire broke out in one of the residential units above the store on October 8, 2020. The resulting smoke and water damage from dousing the fire rendered the building uninhabitable, uh, displacing residents and the comic store below. So, um, and he's back, you know. So, uh, and this is the the picture. So, congrats! Another hero to the comic community is back in the game. Welcome back. So, I just thought that was a good story. Good stuff, bro. Good stuff. Hello, hello. Getting phone calls early in the morning, dog. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Also, you know what we were we were talking about just uh, offline. Um, for those Marvel and DC fans, obviously. Uh, James Gunn, right? Going over to DC to do what he's got to do out there to be the Kevin Feige. Not just him, he's got somebody else that's going over there with him. Right. But um, I saw I saw something today, or even yesterday, this is from a few days ago, where like he's already been in talks with Marvel to possibly do a crossover between the DCU and the Marvel uh cinematic universe. So, you know, as as a as a fanboy and as a comic book fan, that would be interesting, man. If they could do that, I mean it probably wouldn't happen for a while, but Imagine seeing those iconic characters on the big screen for the first time. I think that would be freaking dope, man, to be able to do something like that. They could do a crossover. Yeah, it's about it. Yeah, it would be dope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to something like that. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, it, it's going to take a, a long It'll time. It'll take a few years because when it comes down to money and licensing and merchandising and all this other stuff and cross-promote, uh, who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for that? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, how are we going to divide the money? Yeah. Who's going to make, you know, yeah. whatever? We're going to use a third-party marketing team, you know, right. it's like the mediator. You know, so it's all those yeah. things where the lawyers get involved and it gets a little grimy in the back scene. So it's going to take a few years before we see they, anything. They would, they would make tons of money, though. Imagine combining those two fan bases at a movie theater and just going to see that movie whether it's jla versus the avengers or or something like that or even if it's superman versus spider-man or something like that like that whole thing would be freaking nuts yeah. freaking nuts and james Gunn got, the mariner oh imagine yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you have yeah quicksilver versus the flash like yeah. you have like the you know two the two sides uh, uh of it all but um but speaking of superman sam yo don't Henry start Cavill. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, dog. What happened? Netflix is screwing up. 
<laughs> you are screwing up. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody who's watching this probably has heard already that Henry Cavill's leaving the show The Witcher. And he's just going to, you know, he's going to go do Superman. But he's completely leaving this show. Now, the reason for him leaving the show, uh, you know, I've, I've read that it's due to, you know, creative differences with... Yes. The uh, with the showrunner runners and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I remember that Pete Muhammad Ali versus Superman. Remember that that cover where he's like with there in the ring fighting and shit. That's cool. Um, but yeah, Sam. I mean, I, I'm sure you're devastated, bro. You're a big, you're a big fan. Because he's the Witcher. Witcher. He's the Witcher. It's just a huge Jackman is Wolverine. You know what I mean? He's it's like Witcher. he's the Witcher. It's it's, it's it's like Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. You know, there are mm. certain like there are certain people who play the part. Um, mm. and not only that, but Henry Cavill loves the Witcher. He loves oh, yeah. the property. He does. He knows that stuff in and out. That's so they the think they're punishing him for creative differences. He's actually hurting them because, you know, you got a guy who's going to be in a blockbuster film. You know, he's a big draw. His name alone carries so much. You know, he's going back to Superman. You you put it on hold, and then you the, whoever's the CEO say, you know what, bring these these guys in. Yo, fix this. We need this guy. But you're gonna try to replace, and then all of a sudden you're gonna announce replacement because you want to try to save face, you know, and say everybody's replaceable. That's the problem. When you have a, give the guy. I don't care if he. It, I don't care if behind the scenes he's a, a prima donna and he, he has this list of give him what he wants. He's giving you the ratings. Stop acting up. What's the matter with you? It's like come on. But see, I, I don't even know. I mean, maybe maybe he is a prima donna. Who knows? But no, I'm I, just speculating. I'm not sure. No, no. I, I, yeah, I, we don't know. But. But at the end of the day, he wants what's best for that. Yes, story. he loves the and character. He knows the story. He knows he can quote like stuff in the book to tell him, "Hey, we got to do it this way." And that's a, that's a, that's a situation where, like, you know, they're just like, "No, no, no, we are the creatives, and you are just the talent." Didn't you they learn from the last season of Game you of Thrones? Do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, exactly. They, that's when the creatives group, got involved, use it. and just they used the things. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? With the Game of Thrones thing, we spoke about this, I think, last last week. They didn't have material anymore. George hadn't finished writing the book. They were just kind of, oh, they were just going to make it up off the top of our heads. And, and they didn't understand the characters. Whereas Cavill understands the character. The source material is there. But just he's do the it this way. Yeah, just do George it this Martin way. Is a source. I'll tell you. What do you mean? For Game of Thrones? Yeah, I would have been like, hey, George, what, how do you think we should proceed with this? Right, right. But 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 you know what it is? I th he hasn't finished writing the books. He hasn't written the, the the books, so I don't think that he wants to give any of that stuff away either. You know what I mean? As as a writer, he's like, wait, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to write that yet. You know, what would you rather have, Henry as Witcher or Superman? I'd rather have him as Superman. Hmm. I'd rather have him as both. See, I, if I had to choose, if I had to choose, Pete, I, I agree. I, I would. I'd rather have him as Superman. And the thing is, I didn't originally like him as Superman. I thought he was maybe a little too stubby for it. But uh, he grew you see he, arms. He yeah he 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 has short arms. You see when he goes like this, he goes like that. They they kind of like Irish boxer, like you know <laughs> you know you you see like those old movies with like hooligan alleys or whatever, and uh -huh. like those stocky you know um, dudes, the boxers, and they got these short stubby arms, but they, yes. they carry punch. That's how you look like almost like Popeye arms. Yeah, he does have. So at first I was like, eh. but I I saw him and spoiler alert: if you guys haven't seen Black Adam, okay, you guys. Have there you go. No spoilers. That's where that's where we shut them down. <laughs> I can't hear you. Savage is greedy. <laughs> Once it all. That's right. <laughs> well, this guy fixes. Yo, stop poking me in the eye. What's the matter with you? That's rude, George. Um, I don't know what happened to him. See what happens when you try to spoil that the community shuts you down. 
That's it. So now it's that that's my time to talk about Henry Cavill, right? Henry Cavill for Witcher. Um, anyway, <laughs> my choice does that. Um, no, I actually love The Witcher. I think Henry, I think Netflix should just put it on hold until he's done with Superman and um uh and then continue with him because what's gonna happen is they're gonna have this other guy do Superman, I mean the Witcher, and then what's gonna happen is it's not gonna have the ratings he did, and then they're gonna come begging for Henry Cavill to come back. Your mic is mute. Your mic is muted. Um, your mic is muted. I can't hear you. <laughs> what's this? I don't know what's going on with Mr. Medina. Remove, unmute. All right, I just unmuted you. Can't unmute because chose to mute themselves. Oh, you muted yourself. That's what it was. Good morning, Dan. Welcome. We're having technical difficulties on on uh, in the East Coast. Um, let's see. Boom. All right. Until he shows up. So anyway. So yeah. So back to that. I just think that uh, the Witcher is not going to have the same appeal without Henry Cavill. And then when he's done with Superman, they're going to call. They're going to come groveling and begging him to come back and continue the series. And now he's going to be even worth even more money because of this deal with Superman. So um, I just think uh, it was just a bad move on their part. I think people's feelings got involved. There you go. I heard a boop. Let's see if uh, uh, I had to stream. There you go. I can hear you now. Oh, good. I can hear you. Jesus. Yes. That was DC. That was DC. Cut me off because I said I was talking trash about Superman. Um, yeah. Once you said spoiler, you got shut down. Uh, once internet, I said spoiler. Shut him down. Once I said spoiler. <laughs> I, I won't say it. Anyway. Superman's got the curl back, and I'm happy about it. Now I'm a fan. Um, Texas Texas right. <laughs> yeah. oh, you, were, you were talking trash about New York. Okay, I see what you were doing, Sam. Sam's oh, always I was not. Trash. I was oh, not. Oh, you were not. All right. I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will hear back. Yeah, you do that. You do that. Mm -hmm. Try not to choke on that coffee. I don't. This is delicious, bro. This is delicious. Why are you so angry? Why are you so, why are you so angry? Try not to choke on the coffee. Jesus Christ. What is wrong with you? You can you can take you can take the kid out of New York, but you can't take New York out of the kid. It's it's oh, speaking of I'll house you. It's You're amazing. In my house now. It's amazing. I'll house you, girl. <laughs> I'll house you. you. Yes, of course. Brown what were we talking brown. about? What were we talking about? You anyway. were about to give a spoiler alert about Black Adam. No, no, forget the spoiler alert. Go watch the movie. <laughs> forget it. I don't want I don't want to get shut down again. Um I, I'll just say I, I wasn't haven't a seen fan. it yet. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to spoil it for you. I wasn't a fan of um, of of Henry Cavill Superman. It's grown on me. Now I I would prefer to see him as Superman. I know you want him to do both, but that's crazy, bro. How they just uh, I mean, it's I, either him or bring Tom Welling. I, right, right. Yeah, no, I agree. I like Tom Welling. That you know that that was their mishap, bro. I think that when the when uh, when was it uh superman returns i guess it was mm -hmm. with uh brandon routh right yeah when they were casting a new person to be superman all they had to do was take wellington out of smallville and bring him to the big screen it would have been a perfect transition you already had the fan base those fans would have came over to see him in the suit and he could have just been superman and that's it it would have been that simple that's now, why there's a big restructuring at the whole warner brothers universe um yeah. everyone, everyone's getting the broom right right um, what's up Johnny? what what's up? up on my break oh snap doing big things my brothers and love the show all right good for you john awesome man let's yes. see it dude let's see it haven't spoken to john in a minute that's how i know the man's been busy because he yes, he has it. no time no time to yes. be us good for you bro yes 
Every day I'm hustling. Big shout out. And you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad uh, John, uh, John came in. Uh, you, you, your your thoughts on, on The Witcher. I know you're upset. You, you're good with it? Can we move? Do you, do you, let's move on. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope the Flash movie's good. I hope so too, Peter. I hope so too. I, I'm excited. I, I want to see Crazy Crew doing what they do. That's right. I want to see. Um, I want to. I want to see my man. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Beetlejuice. 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 Michael Keaton. I want to see Michael Keaton as Batman, man. I want to see it. We're gonna see it in Batgirl. They trash that. Um, I want to see it in the Flash. I, I want to see what they do with that. Um, so we shall see. But Jonathan was in the chat. And the reason why I translate, I wanted to transition to that to, to the topic is because Jonathan's a big reader. He reads a lot of books. Okay. He is a big proponent of the first line or the first few lines of a book will let you know if you are going to read the rest of the book. That's how important that first few, those first few sentences, that yes. first sentence even is that's how important it is. And you touched on that on Monday on the crazy 10 or less about the opening passage, right? So go ahead, Sammy. I'll let you take over here. No, I think uh, I was watching a documentary and uh, where J.K. Rowling was reading a passage from her book. It wasn't the opening. It was just a passage from a book. And it was the point where Harry Potter first gets to um, buy, select his wand, right? Where the wand selects him, right? And just how she 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 um, um, set the, the tone and... Um, of his first reaction to what he was experiencing. And it was those first few, that first paragraph when she started talking, that's like, hmm, that's what sparked the idea. I was like, okay. So then what I decided to do is go and read the first opening passage to Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, it, that, that, that opening line caught my attention. And so I started to think about the, the minds of the millions of youth and, you know, in all ages, but, you know, especially the youth. That actually read that opening line where it's like, you know, I'm proud to be ordinary. Thank you so much. And and I'm like, what's ordinary, normal? You know, what is that uh, as opposed to what? So that's the question that I asked. I said, oh, she, she did exactly what her job was. Sparked the, 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 the intrigue and the interest and have the reader ask questions that's going to make it compel them to want to turn that page. So then I read, I read a few other things. I went and... Um, um, Captain Underpants did the same thing, but he, you know, because he's it, it's geared towards what I think uh, four through nine, five through nine, um, uh, yeah, eight, five through nine, six to nine, yeah, yeah six mm -hmm. to nine. Um, he provided the visual, so it's the visual and the context, right? And it says, Here's the two best friends, this is exactly what they were in, this is what they look like. Uh, it's important that you remember this, right? So I'm like, Why do why is it important that I remember what they're wearing, what they look like? Um, you know, what is it about that? You know, so did the same thing, you know, so as a child, like, I mean, I see that he's wearing a tie, see, but why do I have to remember this? And, and then I went and looked at a comic book and I was like, oh, Tom McFarlane did the same exact thing. All he did was provide a setting. It's just a, it's a, it's a planet stars and a, and a cityscape. And, but, and there's somebody talking, you don't know who's talking and he's talking about how he was, um, um, duped or betrayed and how he wants to die again. Right. And like die again. When did you, when did you die the first time? You know, who, who betrayed you? What's going on? All these things that that, that, that sparks this interest um, that that compels the reader to want to dig in further to find to get some answers. So I think for me, that's why it's always I felt that it's really important that you. it's almost like the elevator pitch. You have that opening passage is your elevator pitch. 
The opening passage is your moment to capture someone's attention. Um, and if you do it right, um, you have a better success rate um, having somebody complete what they started with your series. Yeah, I think, um, and we were talking about music and we were talking about hip hop at the beginning of the show. And I think it was Dr. Dre that said that the reason why he works so hard on the beats that he produces and the ones because he feels like the first 15 seconds of a song will let the listener know if they're going to continue listening to the song. It's those first 15 seconds that matter. And yep. I think that's the same thing as what we're talking about is that first page, is that first paragraph, the first sentence, whatever, of whether it's a comic, a book, you know, a, a graphic novel or whatever. That's what you have. That's the time you have because people have a lot of things. They, there are a lot of other things they can be go look at. They can go buy. They can go pick up. So they want to make sure that, first of all, your cover is off the hook, right? If We're talking about comics now. If you cover, your cover has to be incredible. So they pick up the book. When they open it up, if that opening line or that first page captures them, you probably have a sale. And that's what you got to work on. You got to work on that opening, right? Because that's the, it's like, you know, Eminem said, right? And you only got one shot, right? And this is it. This is it. And so I think that, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that that's the most important part of the story. Now, obviously, you know, if you're a good writer, you, you are, you know, you take into consideration the page turns when you're doing a comic and all that other stuff that you need to do as a writer for comics to keep them reading the book, keep turning that page. But I think it is very important to have that very first image, page, words, whatever, be the thing that cat catches them right off the bat. You know, and, and I think it I think it only works yeah. if you've invested in the world that you've built. I think it only works is if you if the story <clears throat> and the characters are compelling themselves because you might have a solid opening, but then when you go on something changes the the, the 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 strength of the 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 narration the strength of the dialogue the strength of the story changes and so i think the the opening writes itself if you've already built um really strong characters uh whether it's conflict in the story whether it's a love interest in the story whatever it is if you've done all the back end work first and then when you start writing the opening will will write itself um, and then, and then the characters will carry the readers throughout the, 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 the journey. And I think that's the, the key, um, um, to having a successful uh, book. I love when Stephen King foreshadows upcoming events and his stories, like you're never sure who's going to survive, what villains, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the art of, of storytelling, right. To be able to do that. And, and, and to your point, Sam, if you, if you have, um, a, a, a rich history or rich, you know, knowledge of who your characters are and, and what they do, where they come from. You can inject things into that opening line, even um, that, you know, makes you ask the questions to say, oh, man, I want to know more about this character. You know, this character looks sounds very interesting. It could just and it could just be an image. Right. It, it, I mean, because as remember, when we're writing comics, we are basically directing the artist to say, OK, this is what I want to see on the page. So yeah. you are providing that visual for the artist to then draw it. So you are part of that process as well. You know, I mean, yeah, artists can maybe can deviate and say, OK, I'm going to do this. But if you know that what you want to convey, I think it's important that you also let the artist know look, listen, that that image looks amazing. But what I want to do here is this. This is what I want to do. And then as long as you guys are on the same page, pun intended, 
then you get you get that that beautiful opening, that thing that's going to capture that 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 reader and say, "Oh, I got to keep reading this," um, yeah. because I think I think writing writing for comics isn't just dialogue. Yeah. Right? Writing for comics is also panel descriptions. What you want on that, and not maybe not panel descriptions. If you write it the Marvel way, maybe it's a page description. What you want to see on that page, but that's part of writing comics, and we can't forget that it's not just dialogue. It's direction for the artist so that they know what you want to see on that page. Yeah. And I think we, we forget that sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important. I think, uh, so I think, you know, I, it's fascinating when you go back and read, the, you see, you know, when you're a kid and you read the, like when I, when I, I, I first read, when I first read the Hobbit, I was a kid. And <clears throat> so, and what, what caught my attention was the fact that I had visuals that tied into what I was reading. Right. So, um, but you don't understand, you don't really, really connect the dots until you get to a certain point where you can actually uh, appreciate, truly appreciate um, how strong words can be in carrying and sparking your imagination. Right. And so when you go back and you read something that, uh, you know, that you haven't read in years, you, you find a, a new love for it. And I think so. I think uh, I think the successful ones are, are storytellers, not writers. I think there's a big difference, you know, so I think, you know, being able to tell a, tell a compelling story that you are in love with for the right reasons, you know, it's not a story that you, or that you, or something that you wrote because it's trending and it's a hot topic. So you want to capitalize on the market. Um, so there's not going to be longevity. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a moment in time. That's a different story. But if you're writing because you love the project and you've invested in the characters, um, you're going to find that you'll have a longer shelf life uh, if you've done all your homework. You know, there's a playbook. If you follow the playbook, um, but you told your story, I think you'll have a longer life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's very important um, to know your characters and, and develop them fully. Uh, sometimes even before you, you write the, the first thing down on a page, you know, yeah. just to be able to know what those characters are, who they are, what they do, how they relate to each other and stuff like that. And a lot of that takes time and work, you know, it's like, when am I going to get to, to, to the script? Sometimes if, I mean, and, and depends, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, everybody, you know, for those of you in the chat, how do you, how do you put these stories together? Do you write notes down and then think about that later? Cause for me, I, I, I like to have a whole, you know, plot, I hope like we call it a Bible, right? I like to have the, the character bios and all that other stuff already written down so that I can just almost pick it out of a toolbox, right? And say, okay, I can use that now. I can use that now. And that's how I, I develop my stories. That takes a lot more time though for me yeah. um, than just going into a script. And I know I know that there are some writers who just go right in, can go right into scripts mm -hmm. and just write a script. You know, I, I can't do that, dude. Like I, I, I get, I, I would, I would get lost in my own script. <laughs> I, yeah, need, I, think, I almost need that other stuff, you know? I think before I even introduced Forbidden to Anibal, I mean, I worked on it for a couple of years. Um, right, right. You know, and, uh, you know, so when he was introduced to the world, he got a, he got a, a binder, <laughs> you know, right. and it had, you know, it had character bios, had history, it had all the, it had the scripts, you know? So I think, um, um, you know, because I realized, and it's it's subconscious. You know, because I was never a, a lit major. You know, I didn't take creative writing classes or anything <laughs> like that. I think it was. Um, I grew up in an era where storytelling was um, uh, everywhere. You know, in the books, in the movies. You know, I mean, you know, from you know, f was it um, Never Ending Story? You know, you know, to uh, 
the Dark Crystal. I mean, all these stories, Star Wars, all these beautifully told stories, and somehow you're, you're taking that in. So when I created, I was just, it was an extension of what I've been exposed to, and I just understood the fundamentals of 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 creating back history. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know anybody in my circle who was a creative or an artist who wanted to break into comics who didn't get you know how to do comics the Marvel way. Right, so, you know that helped me with formatting my scripts. You know, um, I still have that book. Um, you know, and uh, has coffee stains and all that stuff all over it. I've had it for ages, but um, I think it's important that you you take the time to invest. Uh, don't put a clock on creativity. Um, there's, there's, the characters in a story will dictate when they're ready. Um, you know, what I'm saying it's a. Uh, I mean, Arg. I was writing Arg for several years before I did my first you know, print for myself, you know, and, uh, you know, and it had multiple drafts. All lines are very helpful, like working with just plots, stands, methods, but artists I work with need more info, full scripts. I was just going to make a point about that, Peter. It, it's interesting because Sam, you said you handed, uh, what, uh, uh, Anibal a binder, right? right? And for those who don't know Anibal Arroyo, he's an artist. He, he's the artist on the first few, uh, issues i think two issues right of yeah. uh, forbidden he's the artist on that book uh definitely check that out but i think that there's a difference between writing and creating for yourself and then writing and creating with the idea that i'm going to give it to somebody else to work on because even as an artist right like if you're an artist and you have your own story that you want to put together maybe you don't need a script maybe you don't need to actually write down a script because you know what you're going to draw and how you're going to do it. But if you're going to give that to somebody else to draw, then you're going to need to put together a script, right? Yes. Same thing with a writer. I think if you're writing your own story and you feel like I don't need all this world building because I know the story, I'm just going to write it myself. But if you decide that you want another writer to maybe write a story outside of the the continue, uh, the, the, the stuff that you're writing, then you're going to need that Bible so that the other writer understands you know, why that character is the way he is. What world does he live in? You know, like all that, all that stuff that you may have to put into like that big binder, another person may need so that they, they can kind of get into your head and understand, oh, that's what that is. Oh, that's cool. He has a ship that's that size. I can use that in this scene. You know, little things like that can help mm -hmm. an outside person create within your world. Yeah. And I think that that's why sometimes those things are necessary. Now, if you're doing everything yourself and you're never going to give it to anybody else to do, then yeah, sure. Maybe you don't need all that stuff because you know the story, you can do it yourself and whatever, you know, but I think when you are thinking of doing things outside of just you, yeah. that's when you need all of that other stuff. That, yeah. That if you're going to trust somebody with, with something that you've invested in, in a body of work, you want to make sure that you leave no room for interpretation that, you know, you know, if, if there's a specific look for the dress or, or the uniforms or whatever it is that you provide enough context. So that way um, the artist um, has a better chance of nailing it on the first couple of tries instead of going back and forth. No, try this, try that, yeah. try that, you know, yeah. you know, because yeah. nobody wants to waste time, you know, I right. think. So, um, you know, it's one of the things when I, you know, uh, when Andy was working on forbidden, he, I gave him the character designs. And uh, so and he, it in and he made it his own. And so I think that's your responsibility if you're working with uh, an external party. Um, but if you're doing it for yourself, like for me, the way I draw duty, I have the plot written out for each episode. And um, and that carries me. So I write the dialogue as I'm illustrating it um, because I already know the plot and I know the the, the, the pacing of the story and where it's going. Um, uh, because I'm, I'm creating for me. But when I knew when I created Forbidden, I wasn't going to be drawing it. 
uh, because I knew that I wasn't the right artist for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I build this world so when it's ready and I find the right person, um, they can just run with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, and going back to, to the original point of, of the whole thing, I think that that first passage, or however you want to call it, is very important. Maybe don't build a full Bible. What is that? Uh, like Alan Moore would leave some for the artists to throw things they love into it as well. Yeah, you you know, and, and I think that, Peter, like, I think that's great, right? Because we think, oh, it's a collaborative process. I think where that stuff can kind of get messy is when, you know, people start creating characters within your world. And then later on, there's some money being made. And it's like, wait a minute, I created that character. I, I, I want I want to get paid for that. You know, like, I think that we need to leave, we need to try to eliminate it, that as much as possible. I, 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 you know, as much as I'd hate to be like, oh man, you're being a Debbie Downer. Like it's just, it's just creating. There's a reality that some people say, I want to get paid. I yeah, want to get paid for that. Where, where you know that I mean? works, Peter, is like, for instance, I, um, there was, there was a scene that, uh, uh, Anibal took, um, a, uh, a couple of scenes and made it into one scene or whatever it was. And, and so when I got the page, I was like, wait, um, and I looked his interpretation of my written text, um, was a lot better visually. Um, so I ran with it, you know? So I, Sometimes I guess when it comes to camera angles and positioning and all that other stuff, I, I never write that. Yeah. I, you know, for me, for me, I was like, all right, cool. That you know, um, so and and in like, you know, little nuances. But when you're changing a character um, completely, that's where you know it's like yeah, I've I spent the past few years investing in this. This is exactly my vision. But uh, if you're changing scene angles and setting, you know, the yeah. illustration, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I seldom put, you know, put the camera here, put the camera there. I, I think that that to me is something that I want the artist to kind of just go crazy with, right? How do you see that? Unless, unless I see it a specific way. And even when I see it a specific way, I'll always put a thing, you know, uh, if you see a better way to do it, you know, let, let's 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 do that kind of thing. Where I think you still have to give your artist that that freedom to kind of create because we are creative people. And I, and you, I, me personally, I never want to just hold somebody down from creating because I know better how that's going to look. No, you're, you're an artist. This is what you do. Uh, I have a, I have an opposing view to that. Thing. I think because I'm an artist, I see things from, from mm -hmm. angles and positioning. So this is, I'm like, this is how I want the scene to flow by the page. Now, if the artist might change the angle and it's better, I'm okay with it. Um, but you know, when I'm writing it and I'm doing it, I put camera angles, I'll put worms eye view, bird's eye view, whatever it is, over the shoulder shot, whatever, because this is how, how I want the camera to move around from page to page because I'm an illustrator myself. Um, um, but like with Anibal and with Prime Santra, um, uh, they brought their perspective as artists and they've taken things and they've enhanced it. And um, I can tell you right now, between the two of them, I think Anibal and I, it was probably only two things that we had a conversation that needed to change. And with uh, Prime Sancho, same thing, about two things. And, and Anibal did 42 pages and Prime Sancho did uh, 120. Um, so um, I think you have to trust the creatives that you're working with. But when you're working for a third party, give them as much information. There's never too much information. It's never, oh, never an overkill in my eyes because it makes their job easier. The less they have to think, and the, the more they can just do what they do best and just paint the beautiful picture, that's the best outcome you can get. I think I think it, it's about it's about like, will what you did in your drawing change the pacing of the story I'm trying to tell? 
right. is where you need to kind of like say, all right, let's have a let's have a conversation about this because I slow played this because I wanted it to get to this point. You combining it into one thing is changing that that narrative, right? Now, obviously, it's a conversation to be had with you with your with your artists and say, well, I feel like this can do whatever better. Yeah, if, if you guys can come to an agreement on that, that's fine. But I think pacing is very important when because we're writing these stories from that perspective, right? The pacing of the story and all that other stuff. And I think artists do the same thing um, as far as pacing goes. And maybe they feel like, yo, you know what? If you if you do this this way, that'll work better. But I think that, again, it's a collaborative process when you're working with somebody and you need to have those conversations. I, I don't think you should shy away from them. No. I don't think you should just say, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Whatever. It doesn't no. matter. It that's doesn't why matter. the thumbnails it are important. Matter. So for me, it's yeah. like the first, th the storyboarding is the, the, the part where the discussions are being had. And there goes George again. So the, can you hear me? No. Damn. Uh, so in the storyboarding stage, when they first get the initial script and they start thumbnailing the, the layouts for the book, um, that's the, the part where all those conversations are had. Because now when it's green lit and you say, you know what? I love this, these panels. I like this. Can you do this? Those are where the hefty conversations are taking place. Now you've signed off on it and they run with it. Now there shouldn't be any other changes outside of what you've already approved. I think that's where it get it can get a little icy. Um, so that's what for me. Anytime I work with anybody, it's like send me the storyboards first. Let's have the conversation over the storyboards, and then once you go, you go, you run with it. Yeah, thumbnails are extremely important, dude. And yeah. the reason why I keep cutting, cutting off, people keep calling me. Um, I'm on my cell phone at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I I think that that's why those thumbnails, dude, they're so <laughs> important, man. Yeah. Thumbnails are so important because a. It, it, it lets you kind of, you know, you guys can start talking about how you guys are both seeing the page. But B, nobody wants to do double work, right? So the artist doesn't want to go in there, start drawing this, penciling this page. It looks beautiful. And then you guys look at it and say, oh, yeah, but that is it shouldn't be there. And that shouldn't be. And now he's, you know, they have to do the work all over again. That's why those thumbnails are so freaking important, man. Freaking yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, again, I think information is king. Um, you know, dialogue and information are critical to the success of anything. And as long as you have open dialogue and you, you provide all the details, um, it leaves no room for interpretation. And uh, the creative part just becomes a lot more freer um, on for all parties because that's when the fun begins. Um, you know, so I think, you know, and it's synergy. You know, the, the person's got to love your product as much as you love it. Yeah. yeah. You know? For shizzle, for shizzle. But guys, I uh, it's been a we're coming to the end of the show because oh, no, we've come. My my, I got I gotta get back to that to that nine to geez, nine to damn five. Um, thumbnailing is totally the fun. Part it is of building a story. It is. Uh, yeah, you, the artists will know that. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes some it's funny, man. Sometimes those thumbnails look better. Than actual pages. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I have right? all the thumbnails. <laughs> like, yo. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, this is fire. I'm just going to make a book just on these thumbnails. Right. Um, yeah, it's Because yeah, when you try to, you, when you try to recreate that moment, it, it gets tough on the bigger, on the bigger page, right? Sometimes yeah. you just want to blow them up and just trace them. Uh, yeah. But guys, thank you so much, Peter. Thank you yes. so much for being on. I know Dan was on here. Krista, obviously, was on here. My girl. Um, who else Creators was on Outlet. Here? Creators Outlet. Johnny Syfax, thank you all for watching. And whoever's been giving us thumbs up on Facebook, thank you all for watching. And if you're on Twitch, thank you again. Um, this is another episode of The Morning Brew. 
And uh, so if you did enjoy this episode, please give us a thumbs up, hit that like button, subscribe, you know, share it with a friend. When we grow, the indie community grows and we do this um, because we want to expose the indie community to you. Uh, so we appreciate you so much. And um, we'll be back next week um, with uh, new guests and another episode of The Morning Brew. And uh, if you have any further comments, leave it in the chat. You have recommendations for topics you want us to cover on The Morning Brew, let us know. And we'll do that. I am. Your host, Sam the Crazy Man Vera. George the Dreamer Medina. And we are out.